Namaste. How was last night? That's good. Cool. Um, welcome, everyone. Welcome, TT people. Um, in the uh, practice of yoga, there uh, is a lot of guidance from teacher to student. Traditionally, that's the way that yoga is learned, and there's something to the exchange of energy between a teacher and a student that is uh, powerful, it's palpable. Um, even having practiced for years and years, students still like to be around their teachers for that, not so much the information, but the energy of it. And. Uh, there are also certain places where things about yoga were written down. And um, those places were, I, I believe, often written down not as substitutes for teachers, but as ways of sort of uh, recording and documenting the information uh, sort of as reference material, even sometimes for the teachers, because sometimes you don't do something for a while and you sort of get a little fuzzy on it. Um, but one of the primary texts that's about yoga practice is the Yoga Sutras that were written by Patanjali. And uh, my wife Wendy uh, worked with Alan Finger on an uh, interpretation of the sutras that's coming out in December. And um, so I've been hearing a lot about the sutras for the past five years because of that process. But uh, something that really strikes me from the second book of the Yoga Sutras is how do you practice this practice, right? The first book is all about what comes from practicing. This state that we try to touch in meditation. It goes by the Sanskrit name Samadhi. Right? But it's this thing the mind does when you get to pausing your normal mental activity, when you're not doing what you're usually doing during the day, and the mind separates a bit from the thinking, right? the, think, the thoughts, then there's this distinction between the thoughts and the thinker of the thoughts, the awareness, the consciousness, what in Sanskrit is called Atma. And so the whole first book is about this state and the challenges to getting there. And the second book of the sutras is how to do a practice that lets you have that experience. So the second book starts with uh, three things that make up a practice. And they are tapas, svadhyaya, and ishvara pranidhana. If I said no more, that would be a bunch of gobbledygook, right? But the svadhyaya is like studying. You study yourself, you learn about yoga, you work on yourself. The Ishvara Pranidhana is the surrendering, the letting go, the recognizing that, oh, right, I'm not in charge of the universe, right? You have to, at some point, allow things to happen. And when you're trying to meditate, that's a very 
literal thing because here you are doing whatever your practice is, like if you go to mindfulness practice or something, you're identifying and doing this and doing that. But at some point, you have to stop all the doing and allow whatever's going to happen. Right? And it's phrased in this beautiful way in the sutras, Ishvara Pranidhana, means the part of the universe that makes the rules, in other words, the laws of nature, allow them to be, right? Don't try to control that. Don't try to say, but I know the better way to do that. Because the way is you have to stop that part of your mind that's trying to control things and have it pause. So to allow that is like allowing yourself to be a human in life on Earth. So there's that. The part I wanted to talk about today is this part called tapas. So it's the third of the three components of yoga in practice. And tapas means uh, literally burning, right? like burning away. So often in our contemporary world, it gets down to um, like what we can see through this other part of our mind that we're used to using. So it's like determination and no pain, no gain, and I'll go the extra yard, and all of these things that are about burning, but they're, they're not exactly the kind of burning away that we're needing in a sadhana, in a yoga practice. What we need in a yoga practice is the, what would it take for me to study myself in an authentic, pure way so that I can accomplish this state of letting my mind pause? And what would it take for me to let go of control, right? To stop thinking, I know better. So part of that is going to be the kinds of things we associate with this purification, like detoxing kinds of language, right? Or getting strong or becoming flexible, all of those things, but more in their theoretical realm. Like, what does it mean to be flexible? It means being able to go with what comes, being able to say, ah, it's this, okay, I can tackle that. Part of it is to be strong enough that when things seem overwhelming, you can still stand up to them and say, okay, this isn't going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. So like uh, the other day I was speaking with uh, Lindsay uh, Sandwald, who many of you know, and she was going, oh man, I'm so, in the new, I'm so much following the news today. And I said, yeah, you know, it was great to be away for part of the summer in another country and not pay attention to the news. Yeah. And to realize, like, how important is this really? Right? This staying so plugged in. And she goes, yeah, but this, what's going on today? So to recognize that we are constantly being told by our minds that no, this is the thing that I, is important, that I should get upset about, or that I should put my attention on, instead of allowing the mind to shift, instead of allowing this letting go part. Okay. 
So part of the tapas is to get strong, meaning don't get distracted by what's coming up. To be flexible, meaning, okay, it's not the way I anticipated. I can go with this. So there's that. And then there's the just doing what is your practice regardless. And I, I know I'm speaking a bit to the choir here because you're all here on a Saturday morning. So you're doing the practice, right? So in today's practice that we're going to do, it's the practice that you do all the time. Right? A lot of times when we come into meditation class here at Ishta, we're doing this practice, or we're doing this practice, or we're doing this practice, and each one of these practices is designed for a particular kind of shifting you when you need something, right? So perhaps the thing that's going on is there's a lot of emotional stuff going on, and you need to sort of let all that emotion go. So that, we have a practice for that, right? It's like on the phone, you have an app for that. <laughs> we have a practice for, yeah, all the different things. There's a practice that will help you for that, right? Or we have a mantra that's good for that, right? And we can incorporate that into a meditation. But when things are steady, sometimes the tapas is to just do it even though it doesn't seem so uh, exciting, right? And often this is, a, this is an obstacle in practicing, that you do your first like meditation where it feels like, wow, that was so cool, I felt different. Right? And then the next time around, you don't have that, wow. And, but yet you need to keep doing. Right? So part of the tapas is to just do it anyway. The practice that we're doing today is incorporates a mantra, hamsa, right? And it's a movement that we make from being externally focused to being internally focused. And not just internal, like I'm going to close my eyes and be in my thoughts for a while, but to take our attention into this, what Yogananda called a, a super highway of consciousness that inner line, the central line of our energy system. And it's always interesting to look at the parallels between the medical realm and yoga, for me it's interesting at least, that there are these parallels. So, you know, 2,000 years ago, 3,500 years ago when Patanjali was writing this stuff about what had been going on for a thousand years, you know, there was this discussion of yoga as being related to lines of energy in us and using the breath to tap into these lines of energy. Now we have medicine finding signals that run from the brain, through the nervous system, up and down the spine, taking information in, processing that information. Some of it's conscious, some of it's unconscious, you know, some of it we can sort of work with, it's pseudo-conscious, right? Medi medical doctors teach meditation as a way of healing physical things that are going on with you. So medicine's sort of playing around in the realm 
that yogis have been working in for millennia right, to accomplish things. So Yogananda, who's part of the Ishta lineage, part of one of the teachers who shared information, teacher to student, right, talked about using this practice of hamsa, going into this center energy line that's like a parallel to the spinal cord and the brain, to move your focus there, to move energy there. And in doing so, you put yourself in a state where you're most able, easily able, to make this shift from outward focus, all the thinking, to stopping the thinking and letting yourself move to the distinction between the thoughts and the consciousness and to identify with the consciousness, which I earlier said was called Atman in Sanskrit. So that's the description of going to samadhi, that state. So Yogananda said this practice, right? it seems silly, I'll just describe it now so we can I'll tell you when we're doing it, but you're breathing up, drawing energy up from the base to the uh, midbrain, and on the exhale, you're drawing it back down. Right? So up and down the center line. It's the same thing we do if we want to magnetize a piece of metal. Right? We take a magnet along the metal, and eventually it becomes magnetized. So we're doing that with our own consciousness, not with metal, but with consciousness. So now our consciousness is in this center line, and we're going to let it be in the place where it's the most uh, easily transforming, making the little jump into samadhi. Yogananda said that doing this practice with focus is like an evolutionary level of transformative. So, I'm forgetting the numbers, Al is so good at statistics. It's something like, if you practice this for an hour, this hamsa practice with determination and focus, it's like a year of evolution in the normal way. So, how does he know that? I have no idea. But I know that I've been doing that practice ever since I heard Yogananda say that it was worth a whole year of evolution, right? So I would probably be an idiot without having done that for 35 years. (laughs) But the thing about when you do something that way, when you do the tapas, when you just do it, right? Nike tapped into this, right? You just do it. then it becomes like a a part of what you are. It's part of your patterning now. So when I'm in a challenge, I can always just tap into that. I can go inside. I can allow for a moment of allowing this other state of mind. And then when you have that, then, as many of you know, you know, you come back into your next moment of living and you have something extra to bring. And that's transforming back into living. 
So it's not just a thing you do on Saturday morning. It's a how do you transform your living? This is how you do it. You let yourself make the transition from normal activity into connecting with Atman. And we can talk a whole bunch about Atman some other day. And then you let that come back into your living. It's like bringing inspiration into life. Okay. So we'll do this practice hamsa, hamsa. And as we're doing it today, we'll do a little preliminary balancing of the lines of energy. And then we'll do the practice and it will ultimately leave us focused here. You, I'm going to let you be kind of on your own today because when you let yourself be here is very personal. Right? You'll do this bringing the energy up, silently resonating the mantra hum, letting the energy come back down, silently resonating the mantra sa, hum, sa. And as you do it over time, you start to pull away from what's on the outside and there's a shift even in your breath because your breath and your mind are so interlinked. Right? That's what, why yogis figured out, hey, the breath is messing with our energy. Let's use that. Right? But the other way around it happens too. Your mind, as it shifts, changes the breath. The breath becomes very still. It becomes quiet. There might even be a pause. You might get scared. Oh my God, I stopped breathing. Then you get, you get pulled back out again. But once you've done that a couple of times and you realize, oh, wait, I didn't die, then you're like, oh, that's a part of what happens. And then you allow for it. When you allow that shift, then it's like everything becomes super still for a moment. So then you're just here. And you might have an experience while you're in this state of samadhi. It might be something like light. It might be something like a little bit of light show, depending on what your uh, dosha is, speaking Ayurvedically, right? It might be like nothing, like you feel like you're floating on a cloud or something. You might hear sound, buzzing, humming, whooshing, okay? Whatever the experience, let go. We're allowing ourselves to transition out of thinking about things, okay? So we'll sit in that place, and I'll leave you on your own to determine when is this moment when I've done the practice enough times, when I've had a shift in the energy, and now my breath is getting soft, I'm feeling really pulled in, and it would be good to just let go. And then you'll just let go. You'll either touch the point between your eyebrows, or you can moisten the point between your eyebrows by licking a finger or licking your thumb. And then that coolness stays a little longer than just the feeling of pressing. And that is like, a, again, thinking of ourselves kind of like an electrical system or a magnetic system. We're pressing a switch that's going to help hold the focus here. Wait, I have to come back, sorry. Um, so you have to do that Press there, let go. If you find, oh, that was so cool, but now, my, now I keep thinking about stuff. Right? You need like a little oomph back. You don't have to go back to the beginning and start over.
because you're probably very, very close there. I guess that's why I have bells here today. You do a little mantra. It's like, like that. Except instead of being a bell, it's a mantra. So the ma will help hold you. Some of us resonated that last night as part of our bonding, right? Ma. And then ang. And it just like recreates that initial silence again. So you can use that mantra if you feel distraction. At the end of it, we'll bring everything back down, weaving it out into living using some mantra. Anybody new to class today? So we're going to start with a little uh, talk. Uh, The talk is just about to be over. Hopefully it was really interesting. And then we're going to do a tiny bit of asana so that it's easy to sit, start our balancing process. We'll do uh, alternate nostril breathing, which helps balance left and right so that it's easy to come into this center line. And then I'll guide us through all of that, but then I'll start guiding us into the hamsa. And we'll sit, once you've let yourself go, we'll sit for about 18 minutes. During that time, I'll do shaktipat, which just helps to hold your focus here. I'm going to pass by. You don't have to do anything. It's not invasive. So, but you might just hear me walking. And then, um, and then we'll sort of stay in our meditative place, but refocus now, back down, energy center by energy center, and then reground at the end. And then we'll do shavasana, and then we'll go have brunch. Or whatever you're doing. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. So come on, any questions? Okay. I'm Mary Jo. Mary Jo sub for me while I was Europe. Yeah. Come on to all fours, please. So in these pre-meditative asana. <coughs> Our intention is not to get strong or get flexible, but we're just trying to balance a little and start this inward movement process. So you could take your fingers, rather than being spread out like we often do in asana class, and just let them come fingers together. So you start this concentration right away. On your inhale, curl your toes under, arch in your back, and gently look forward. On the exhale, take the tops of your feet to the floor and press away. To begin, I mentioned we're going to use the alternate nostril breathing. This is like these poses which are working on the big gross level. Now we're going to work on the more subtle level, at the energy level, using breath to balance left and right. When you do, it encourages your senses to pull inward. It's an easy process. With your left hand open, join your index finger and thumb. With your right hand, There are two options. The easier one, probably, is to take your first two fingers on your forehead. 
That lets your ring finger and your thumb easily rest on the side of your nose. Okay? The other option that's traditional is the first two fingers are in your palm, and then again you take the ring finger and thumb to the side of your nose. You can use either one. And then from there, find the place where the bony part of the side of your nose ends and it becomes soft. So you're still on the side, not on the nostrils. But if you press in right at that point, it'll feel a little bit tender perhaps, but you'll be able to block the breath on one side or the other by pressing in there. So find that spot and then do a little self-test. Determine which side is more free-flowing right now. We're always dominant on one side or the other. And then that dominance shifts from time to time through the day. So figure out which is more open right now. Take your best guess if it's not clear. And then block the other side and take a full breath in through the more open side. Close and block both for just a moment. And then we'll breathe out through the opposite side from where you breathed in. So lift that side, breathe out. Now stay on the same side. Breathe back in the side you breathe down. Close block both, and then open the other side. So we're going to keep going out and back in through one side, and then switch and go out and back in the other side. And that will establish us in an alternating pattern. because we breathe automatically and we can breathe the way we are trying to. So strike a balance there where you're not creating stress by trying to breathe a certain way and yet try to lengthen the breath in and out. Because of this relationship with the mind, slowing the breath calms the mind right up to the point where you're trying too hard and then it has the opposite effect. And the most powerful way to do this alternate breathing is to add a hold, a retention of breath at the top of your inhale but only, again, if it doesn't create stress. So if it doesn't, after your breath in, hold your breath, tuck your chin a little, lift at the mula at the root, and then when you need to, before it becomes a gasping situation, let the breath out the other side. And then you can either do a round to rebalance, or you can hold the breath on the next inhale, on the alternate side. Experiment a bit with that. Remembering that the aim is not to do things with your breath, but to find this shift that pulls you more inward. Maybe another way to say that is you're not so concerned with what's going on around you. 
next time that you're coming around to a breath out through the side you started with, if you remember, don't worry if you don't, let that be a completion of the cycle. And after that exhale, stay inward, stay eyes closed, but let your right hand relax down onto your knee or your leg. And let your focus be in the center line of your being. Just take a moment and be there. Feel the effects of the alternate nostril breathing. Now visualizing a line in your center, like a hologram. Go to the base, the mula, the root, and see your, in your mind's eye energy there, perhaps as a ball of light, or whatever feels like energy to you. And when you next breathe in, draw that energy up the center line as high as the middle of your brain. And when you breathe out, let that energy return back down to the root. And with each subsequent breath, inhale the energy up. Exhale, let it go back down. As the energy is rising on your breath in, silently resonate, hum. And on the breath back down, sa. Hum, sa. This is the Sanskrit name of the breath, the resonance of the breath. your breath might be somewhat strong as you're figuring this out as the energy is moving up and down. But as you progress through the practice and you become more comfortable with the practice, it takes on less effort, less of a feeling of effort. It becomes more automatic, more effortless. When that happens, you might sense the depth of your breath shifting, becoming softer. Ultimately, even to the point where there are these, perhaps, a pause in your breath. So if as you're continuing with the practice, allowing your breath to do what it wants, to make these shifts, if it starts to feel like a long way down, on such a small breath. Shift the movement just from the heart center in the middle of your chest up to the midbrain and back to the heart center. 
to refocusing the energy in the center line just to be from the heart to the midbrain and back. Or from Anahata to Ajna Chakra and back. Until finally when you feel that you've found this stillness, this ability to be quiet, to let your thinking modulate down let your focus remain in the midbrain. Press or moisten the point between your eyebrows. And surrender there, letting go. So I'm going to be quiet and allow you to do that. At some point you may hear me walk past you. There's nothing you need to do. Use mum if you need to pull back from distraction.
quicker to come back online. So keep returning back and letting go. Bring the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth. <coughs> Take your palms together in front of the heart center. And as soon as you have touch, that's the senses coming back online. So see if you can go to the sensation of this touch as energy instead. Move your tongue behind the upper teeth at the gum line. And we've created a circuit for what you touch in meditation, the energy of wisdom and inspiration. And we're channeling it now into the palms of your hands. So separate your palms just a little bit. And see if you can still feel the energy between your hands. It may feel much more like heat or some kind of radiance than anything else. And bring your hands up over your eyes and they can either hover there or you can press against your eyes if that feels more comforting. And send the wisdom of your meditation through the eyes into Ajna Chakra, into the midbrain, into this headquarters for decision-making, the command center, it's translated. And to help ensure that Wisdom informs all your decisions going out back into living. We'll use a mantra, the mantra Om Namah Shivaya, which is related to this infinite wisdom that we can tap. Let your palms come together in front of the brow. And you can either chant along or just let the sound vibrate you. Om Namah Shivaya Om Namo Narayanaya. 
hands back over the heart center, draw the energy down to your navel. Here we have the headquarters for transformation, which expresses itself as metabolism, making change, creating what you want to have happen in life. Let your right palm face the earth, let your left palm face the sky, and interlace clasping your hands. Pull the heels of your hands against your navel. You can peek if you don't know what I'm saying. And the mantra to help wisdom come here. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 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 Draw the energy down to the pubic line, right into the pelvis and the pelvic bowl. This is the headquarters for our likes and our dislikes, our sense of who we are in the world. To bring wisdom here so that you're not governed by your likes and your dislikes, but rather you see clearly the right pathway through living. We use the mantra like a drum, um, om, doom, doom. Doom, Durgaye Namaha. Om, Doom, 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 Durgaye Namaha. Om, Doom, 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 Durgaye Namaha. Om, Doom, 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 Durgaye Point the fingertips right onto the pubic bone and let your thumbs tip at the top so there's a triangle in your hands and point that triangle right at the mula, at the root, at your base. To bring wisdom into this root center which is the headquarters for structure and stability into your life, we'll use the mantra Om Lakshmi Vam Shri Kamaladaram Swaha to bring prosperity and stability. Om Lakshmivam Shri Kamaladaram Swaha Om Lakshmivam Shri Kamaladaram Swaha Om Lakshmivam Shri Kamaladaram Swaha Wrap your index finger and thumb at the crease line between thigh and torso and press down right there at the tendon to help you start to reground physically into your body, physically into the earth. And then massage from hip to knee, bringing energy down your legs. Rub around your knees, just circling them. You can unwind your legs a little if you need to get down your shins in the front. And with your thumb, draw that energy down the back of your calves from the knee to your ankles, and then grab tight at your ankles. And finally, draw five lines down the soles of your feet. So from the inner edge of your heel, either walk or you could swoop a line to the big toe. 
move in a little bit and walk a line to the second toe and so forth, five lines, one to each toe. Extend your legs, shake them out, move your ankles, release them out. Make your way into Shavasana to let your body's muscles have a chance to let go after holding one way for so long. And do your best to stay present rather than spacing out here since we just regrounded. You can hold on to this sense of you as a physical being now resting on the earth, connected to the earth, living life on earth. side to side, bring your breath stronger, and on a nice inhale, lift your arms up overhead behind you, and stretch long through your right side, fingers to toes, and left side, fingers to toes, draw your knees in toward your chest, rock a little side to side, rock yourself front to back, and come all the way up to sit. And as a final grounding, use your right hand just below your navel. Take your left hand on top of it and press in a little there. Tilt a little forward there. And revisit that first visualization we did on your breath in. Draw inspiration in from crown to base. And on your exhale, from where you're pressing, radiate that energy back out to you in life. Come back upright, full of wisdom, inspiration. Hariyom Om Tatsat. Have a lovely day wherever you're going, whatever you're learning. Enjoy. Namaste. Namaste. Any questions, feel free to ask me after class. See you next time. <laughs>